Back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark produces fit of the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 87737-GRIND. All right. So, keeping it moving. Um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, it's going to be interesting all of it down the stretch will be, but but Cleveland's one team, and I know Joyce let me know about the IR situation, but I, I think their roster's been deep. They've got one of the, the deeper rosters in the league, but injuries play a factor. But um, the reality of it is, is that I can see this being a team that could gain even more confidence than they have because of the quarterback position. If he, and there's going to be some mistakes Joe makes. I mean, but I think for the most part, I think at this time of year and his expertise – with the talent that he has around him, I don't think that this is one of those that he's going to lose a game for him because he doesn't have to really do it. I mean, when you look at his play, even if he put up decent numbers with the Jets, I mean, come on. I mean, he had to do a lot. He had to take a lot of chances because, it was for one, a younger team, he wasn't that much time. I mean, these are some veteran guys over here on Cleveland. For some for some most part, a couple of guys, but I think it's definitely a team to watch out for. Um other than that, man, I mean, you know, San Francisco have Arizona. It is what it is. They're almost a two-touchdown favorite in that game. Um, we'll get to the Philadelphia and Seattle game come Monday when we get back. Um, you know what, Giants, Saints, I don't know what Saints team is going to show up, to be honest with you. that That's, to me, they've already wore my award for the most disappointing team in the NFL this season, without a doubt. It's not the Panthers and Bryce Young. Um it's it's your no. expectations were too high for who the saints no jonas i know i'm not giving you that no you you, you go you have no. them going the, to the yeah, super bowl right and peter king had them and let me just your tell you expectations no, were too no, high no jonas there's talent on that roster bro you you go you can't sit there and say you go not you go, super bowl no, talent no no who are they comp- in the division of the south with ritter the division Baker, is one thing. Um, Baker, you had them going no, of to course. the Super Bowl. And, and of course. And why? Because at the end of the day, I had them winning this division. They had the easiest schedule anybody. I had that because they should have been a one or two seed off their schedule. That's why it's a disappointment. You can't sit there and go sign. and try. How much did they give Derek Carr? What did they go win the Derek Carr sweepstakes? I don't remember. Yeah, that, that's a team with expectations. I mean, they spent him over a hundred million dollar contract. They gave my no. Dennis Allen, you have basically... Um, I mean, some of the guys that you got over there, the receiving, it's, the veteran coming out. It's enough to win the South. They're disappointed, Jonas. I'm sorry. I'm the, sorry you're no. disappointed. Let, what, give, me the, give me what the win total was on them. That that's what that's what we'll, we'll tell. Yeah, yeah. When you get a you, you get a check, you're going to tell. No, I wasn't the only one, man. The great Peter King had him in the Super Bowl. There was a lot. Everybody, their mom. You can't. I, I know they were the favorite to win the division. I mean, we can go back and look at that. I know that they had great odds, almost double odds, to win that division. Maybe not double odds, but they were the favorite to win the division. Yeah, hell yeah, they're disappointed. If it's not them, who is it? That's what I would ask you. If it ain't, if it ain't they the weren't Saints. double odds to win the division, they were plus one twenty-five. Was that Fal- they, did that make them the favorites? They were the favorites. Okay, so I just spoke the, on the double. The Falcons were there at plus one seventy-five. Okay, and the Panthers at plus four twenty. And what was the win total on them? Uh, the win total on uh, the over/under sliding over to the Saints. 
At nine, and you took the over. Yeah, and not, a nine pre-flop. That's a good. That's a projected high team. This is a disappointment, man. I mean, when you look at first of all, look at what Atlanta's gone through. They flip-flop quarterbacks. They've gone for Ritter. They put in Heineke. They went back to Ritter. Arthur Smith is getting questioned for not even knowing how to use um, his, you know, the few, the number one, their first round pick in Pitts a few years ago, and B. John Robinson. He just looks like he's figuring that out. You know, I like them this week. They they got a favorable matchup. They've got a important one. They've gone through that. Carolina, Frank Wright gets fired. Not even a calendar year. People think Bryce Young's a bust. They don't even have an offensive line. And, and 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 again, they were plus three thousand, yeah. Calvin. Plus three thousand. That's fine. But I don't. I don't look when it comes to this preseason prediction and the Super Bowl and who I win. I don't really base that off of lines and futures, whatever. I go by my gut from offseason moves to what's you know quarterback, who else's competition division. They, in my opinion. If, if you don't think they are, then there's no way you can't slide them past t- uh, one of the top two or three disappointed t- without a doubt. But, and I base that just forget the roster. What what was their path to resistance? I mean, go look at even some of the games they've lost outside of the division. It's a dumpster fire. And to me, it's the exp- it's, who's getting exposed is their car. And I think it's going to cost Dennis Allen's job. I think they do need a real, you know, reset from the Sean Payton era. But Sean left them with some groceries, man. Like, nah. Uh-uh. Chris Olave, that everybody, you were high on him, everybody's high on him. I mean, nah, man. This is That's a disappointment, man. 877-37-GRIND. Hell, even if I didn't have him in the Super Bowl, I damn sure was going to pick him in the division. That damn sure would have been a disappointment. They are. It's gonna, there's going to be some changes. They're still in play in the division. That's fine. This division should be wrapped up by them already. I mean, honestly. It, it really It's not. It should be. Okay, it really should be considering what their path of resistance is in that division. I'm sorry. A team that's going to have the number one overall pick in the draft. Speaking of Carolina. Well, they they, right, exactly. But I'm saying they're going to earn it, though. They're about to earn the number one pick in the draft. You like I said, you got Atlanta that is not even for sure if they've got which way they're coming. What? No, that's a big disappointment. But moving on. Um so that's the NFL landscape. We'll see. We'll react to all of it on Monday uh, in regards to um, some of these games that we have our eye out on. Uh, moving forward a little bit and transitioning into the NBA, uh, definitely we had some action last night in the National Basketball Association. Uh, the Denver Nuggets delivered a beat down on Brooklyn, big up to Brooklyn. Uh, they beat them pretty much convincingly. That game was at home. Uh, but they were able to be victorious. It's you know I think you know Denver's still going to be tough to beat um, in their arena. But like I said yesterday, you can go check the podcast. But you know Denver is going to be that team I think that is really going to start, and they already kind of started that. Seeing the effects of really going through eighty two, can you get up every night and get somebody's best? You know, in regards to that matter. Um, but if you look at last night's action in the NBA, uh, you had the Clippers. Um, who took play took took care I should say of the Golden State Warriors uh, last night in L.A. Um, they beat them, uh, led by James Harden's twenty eight points and fifteen assists. Um, 
you know, you got to give some credit to Tyron Lue. I mean, this is a team that's been, you know, they took them forever, it seems like, to win a game with James Harden. Uh, now they've gotten on a roll with a little bit James Harden. You know, there was questions about it only being one basketball. You know, what James's interest level was. Was he going to blow this up? I mean, it had me saying, like, hey, you know what? Maybe you have to buy him out. Well, they're winning now, and they figured out how long they can sustain this. I don't know. Now, it was a lot easier last night because they didn't have Paul George, okay? Um, but, however, they're playing ball, and it, once again, it proves that Tyron Lue is a good coach. A lot of people thought he only won a ring because it was LeBron James. Tyron Lue can coach his ass off, and they're starting to get informed to the team that I thought pre-James Harden trade but was going to be the biggest threat to the Denver Nuggets. And I do stand – if they're going to continue to play like that, I'm going to end up probably being right about that as well too. Now the Lakers, um, they're back in action tonight. If they find a way to get Zach Levine, I'd have to revisit that. But if you ask me the same thing that I said in October before we started, that I thought if the health could basically stay apart – and stay together, and it can align that the Clippers would give the Nuggets their biggest threat to get out of the West again. Um, the one thing, I think I brought this up the other day, but Paul George and Kawhi, I mean, last night didn't help, but Paul George and Kawhi are on a record pace for minutes played together since they started since they went to L.A. Um, you know, that's another thing I think is not getting enough coverage well, nationally. that bar was set low, though. Well, they passed it. I mean, you you got to give credit because the one thing is is that no one's really talking about it. Kawhi's played a lot of back to back games this year. He's played; he hasn't missed too many games. And and I'm a guy that thought that Kawhi would probably be out of an 82 game schedule, play 50 a 50 game schedule, maybe 60. Um, I think he's on pace to maybe definitely pass that. We'll see if it tells off, but he's he's maintained healthy. But they look good, and and they look like they've got some depth as well too. Um, in regards to also last night, uh, the T Wolves that was a good game. They end up getting the Dallas Mavericks, um, you know, on the road. They were winners. Uh, they continue to show that they're steady and looks like they're going to be a team that's going to be around the top two, three seed in the West this year, barring any type of injuries or major trades that will kind of alter that. Um, so they were impressive in their win. Um, in regards to the Clippers and Golden State before we leave that game, and something I did want to touch on that almost slipped my mind there, um, you know, Golden State lost, and again, the theme I've been saying, it's tough because they're they're up against it. I mean, I do think they have some issues because the depth is not there, and who knows how Draymond Green, how long he's going to be gone. Now, there was reaction to this. Um, Steve Kerr had to talk about it. You know, he just said, hey, this is about Draymond, the player and the human being. And, you know, I was listening to Isaiah Thomas, the you know former Detroit Piston, the real Isaiah Thomas on NBA TV last night. And he played with Joe Dumars and he, you know, he was talking about how he felt. And, and, you know, Isaiah Thomas at one time held a position close to kind of what Joe Dumars has at one time. And he said that, the, you know, this is really a brotherhood. He goes and he felt that the way he's got two guys involved, speaking of Steve Kerr, who played with Dennis Rodman, who played under C coach Phil Jackson, and he has Joe Dumars, which played with Dennis Rodman. And he said that, you know, the crazy thing about it is, is that he said that one of the frustrating is, he said when Dennis was winning those titles with the Bulls, 
He goes, myself and some of the former teammates of the Detroit Pistons, when he, the way he was acting, some of the things on the court, that he goes, you know what, we that knew him in Detroit where he was drafted, we knew that he was crying out for help. He, we knew that he was really screaming out for help. He goes, and if you see kind of what entailed in Dennis's life after the thing, he goes, that's kind of way. He said, now, in, in which maybe I was – a lot younger there, just can't remember. But he brought up Charles Barkley having the same similar situations early on in his career, saying, hey, Charles had to get his emotions involved. He had to take some time off. He had to get it right and go look at what his life has become outside of basketball. You know, he might be one of the goats who's made the transition from basketball to the commentating booth. So in a nutshell, Isaiah was saying that this is something that was more of a personal try to save a Draymond Green and his future, not just in basketball, outside of basketball. And it still comes up to Draymond Green, which all reports says that he's understanding, he, he's admitting he needs help. So it's really up to him if he's really going to change. But the trickle-down effect of this, it's going to mount up to some L's for the Golden State Warriors, unless they can change some things. I mean, the size makes them even smaller. And again, they, they really, they've always have struggled defensively without him on the court. Um when Steve Kerr spoke on this, he said it was very important that this was more about basketball, and he brought up the Rudy Gobert incident. He brought this up, but he took an opportunity to really come at the media in regards to hearing it was horrible for people to question Stephen Curry's leadership. And the one guy he was talking about was Stephen A. Smith, because I know it trended yesterday that Stephen A. really took Steve, well, not took, but really came at Steph to be like, look, you know, yes, he's got respect for Steph. You know, everybody loves Steph, but he was making the comparison. If this was LeBron James, people would be questioning LeBron James's leadership. Like, wh why, where's the leadership in the locker room? Why is Draymond Green continuing to act this way under you? And that really pissed Steve Kerr off. Um, you know, he didn't call Steven out by name, but everybody knew who he was talking about. Just saying he was disgusted and makes him disgusting. Anybody to question, you know, Stephen Curry's leadership, what he's been, whatever. Um, I kind of see both sides. I, I think Stephen A. Smith is right. I, I do feel that LeBron, if, if, if LeBron, if Draymond Green was LeBron's teammate, LeBron probably would be getting pointed the finger at this. Oh, there's never nobody on, uh, you know, um, Michael Jordan would have never had anybody. Scottie Pippen would have never acted, had a lot under Mike's while It probably would be. So I do understand Stephen A. in a certain point, but I do see Steve Kerr thinking like, how can you, Steph leads by example on the court. You know, Bob Myers, their former GM, he was saying the other day, he said, you know, and it's it's crazy seeing him on this side of the realm of the GM. I don't know what has inspired him to go for and to go from GM having that type of job to media, but it is what it is. But you know, he was saying the other day how they have gone to Steph. Like he said that he had a conversation with Steph in the organization, like, hey, about Draymond Green. Like it was up to Steph's decision, like, hey, uh, no, he's too important. We need him. Meaning, translation, like, we went to Steph to say, Are you do you want us to get rid of this guy or no? And Steph co-signed for him. But I think it's to the point now, like I alluded to yesterday, I think the patience, where, like they always say, when you win, you can put up with a lot of stuff in any sport. When you win and in life, you can put up with a lot of stuff that most people feel like they're losing that won't be able to tolerate. But the point is, I think now that when it's going to start costing him wins and he looks around and look, Clay Thompson 
is playing like what he's playing like for a reason. He's had two major surgeries, and this guy didn't play basketball for two years. And Father Time is going to get to everybody. But you speed that up when you go to the type of surgeries that Clay Thompson had. So to me, when Clay's not there to really give him 100% all the time because it just is what it is, and he starts looking around, this is when, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but this is where I feel that Draymond has no choice but the change because it will get to the point where Steph, human nature-wise, will will draw resentment toward Draymond because he'll feel like you're screwing this up. I mean, like I said, Steve Kerr's on the last year of his contract. From everything I hear, Clay Thompson and the Warriors are far apart on a new contract. So this is kind of like their last stand, and they're going to be out with one of their key pieces for, I would probably say, at least minimum of probably 10 games but we'll see we'll see how it plays out when we get back we'll take a look at tonight's schedules the spurs are back in action uh tonight against the lakers we'll take a look at that the rest of the uh friday night schedule as well too you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by dosecchi's get a dose we are broadcasting here from the maestro de bell tequila studios calvin casey jonas clark producing spin the one and twos we'll be back Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. All right, today's show was presented by Dos Equis. We have been broadcasting here from the Maestro to Bell Tequila Studios. And this last segment of the day and the week is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang, two words, a key. To any cocktail, and that is Zing Zing. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in a lot of different flavors. And also keep in mind, they still have their Blazing Bloody Mary Michelada mix as well, too. But whatever you do, don't forget to Zing Zing responsibly. That is Zing Zing, official sponsor of the sports crime. 
All right. So as we wrap up things, a um, couple things that we'll note before we get up. Before we get back to basketball, almost slip my mind because again, I haven't really dived into a lot of these bowl matchups. I'm kind of waiting till we get more of to the holiday. Where I mean, like next week before we get out of here for the break. You know, I'll give you the outlook of bowl games I'm looking at, but I know a couple of them that almost slipped my radar kind of in our backyard start with the UTSA Roadrunners. What bowl are they in this weekend? Oh, they're actually, you know, I, I, we were talking about it wrong. Um, oh. But uh, they play Tuesday. Oh, they, they play they, Tuesday. They, they landed. I, I saw oh. that they're out there today. Oh, okay. Yeah, and no, did you say, be playing Marshall. And but, did you say Tech was up for a bowl? Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow night, the Independence Bowl, uh, California and Texas Tech. Um... And that's the Independence Bowl. The Independence Bowl. Okay. Um, yeah. See, I don't. I, I mean, you know, I'm assuming both uh, for both particular programs, all hands should be on deck uh, for the most part. But you know, both. Look, I've always said this. Um, bowl season is really about the motivation factor. If, if you're in the the, if you participate in that world. Okay, if you're in a state that legalizes, and you can bet, let's say, on college football bowl games. I've always said that bowl game capping and understanding what, and that's the reason why I prefer just to go ahead and, you know, get into the foundation pick side of things of college football next starting next weekend because it really comes down to uh, motivation. Um, who wants to be there? You know, do you have a SEC matchup against – you know, a non-power five or one of that, you know, elite power five undefeated. You know, do, do you have that where you see who's going to be motivated? You know, some of these kids, it's a trip. They get their goodie bags. You know, it, it's just the way it is. And, and I'll tell you this, as the playoffs expand, which I don't have a problem with it, to be honest with you, but because I've always thought we've had too many of them. But as the playoff expands, it's going to probably lessen, in my opinion, some of the value of some of these bowls as well. As college continues to uh, change in front of our, our very eyes, uh, becoming more about competitive and who's in the playoffs and who's not. So we'll see, but we'll dive in more of the bowl outlook uh, next week before we break out of here. Uh, but back to uh, current events, um, sticking with the NBA. Um, so the Spurs are in action tonight um, at the Frost Center. And they're bringing in an 18-game losing streak, and they are facing the Los Angeles Lakers, the team that they played the other night. Now, LeBron didn't play the other night, and this is a national televised game, by the way. Uh, the four-letter network will have this one. Uh, but LeBron, I'm assuming, because I know you said, well, hey, the network ain't going to go without LeBron Wimby. But if I'm really L.A. and Darvin Ham, I'm thinking, like, look, you know, if we can steal some rest <laughs> – you know, for LeBron, if we can, if we're playing a lesser opponent that we should beat or is supposed to beat, I might basically go ahead and try to push that to the limit. But from everything heard, LeBron should be a go tonight, from what you're hearing? Well, I mean, he's still questionable with day-to-day. Okay. Um, but, it, but yes, in my opinion, this is uh, – and, and, and as Dante, a Lakers fan, and I, 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 he said he caught the podcast yesterday and agrees mm-hmm. that – you know, Adam Silver. This he points out too that this is the last time that the Lakers will play this season in San Antonio, hmm, okay. um, and then it being a primetime matchup, and the fact that AD played the other night. Like, I don't think that I think that when you when you play AD and you rest LeBron, then the next game you either play LeBron and rest AD, 
or because both of them are day to day uh, with questionable status, um, which they maintain today, uh, then you, we might see them both. Who knows? This, the Lakers might say, "Well, we need to make a statement today." They got a little bit too hairy the other the other evening. Um, again, we're at a, with the the losing streak at this point. You don't want to be the team that loses to the Spurs um, or the Pistons, for that matter. Uh, but the injury report today for the Lakers. I mean, you put D'Angelo Russell on that. He's questionable. Cam Reddish. He's questionable. Uh, Gabe Vincent's out. Uh, Hood Shiafino's out. Uh, Torian Prince, who was torching the Spurs the other night from beyond the arc, uh, questionable as well. Joining and uh, Jared Vanderbilt is probable. So Those San Antonio boys always come back to give the Spurs the business. Jordan Clarkson always has world all world. It seems like against Spur games, especially coming back here and and Torian Prince. Um, he's you know that's probably one of his better games he's had against the Spurs. But um, I will tell you right now, looking at the line, uh, one of them is playing. Uh, seen it at six and a half. Yeah, one of them's playing, LeBron or AD. Uh, it does tell me that I don't think both of them are playing uh, because if so, I think this is realistically more like an eight, eight and a half point total spread. Um, well, it was three and a half the other night and AD ended up playing. Do you think that LeBron makes it six and a half? If, if, you're, if you're sitting AD, do you think that LeBron is the oh, six and a half one? Uh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, well, I, again, I don't know. I mean, you know, again, they, there could be a denouncement. This game is set to go off, well, about kind of early, but it's 640 Central Standard Time, which is kind of early for San Antonio to start. And it's two hours from now. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, it, let's say around five o'clock, about, I don't know, maybe high six o'clock. Five o'clock Mountain Time, word comes down, LeBron's going to be sitting out, and maybe AD as well. Then that line drops down to almost probably Lakers favored by two or one. So I would tell you right now, LeBron's worth about five and a half, six points in a uh, NBA game. But um, the bottom line is they are underdogs again tonight. Um, before I get into the Spurs uh, for the note, because you brought them up, yeah, Detroit. You know, because I'm going to try to figure out who's going to. Finish their losing streak. Who's going to stop it between Detroit and Spurs? These two teams are linked right now with each other in my book. Um, Detroit are 15 and a half point underdogs against Philly. Um, so, yeah, take note of that. But for the Spurs, um, look, man, I mean, you know, Wimby had a solid game uh, against AD. You know, you saw them go back and forth. Um, Wimby talked about it. He looked forward to playing a lot more games against AD. Um, but when it comes down to the team, you know, um, Jonas said he alluded to it yesterday in the show, but I didn't. I, I mean, maybe I just tuned out or tuned out at that time, but I didn't know. But I know I saw it because I had somebody DM me, and then I saw this morning KC Rob uh, tagged me um, about the Keldon Johnson uh, rumors out there. Um, of possibly being, you know, as a trade piece or there's interest garden from other teams or whatever. It could be somebody they move. And I've seen articles written as like the fit report has, maybe the fit's not in. Um, and Jonas, we talked a little bit about this, but Jonas did when we talked a few years ago, uh, credit to Jonas when he, when he signed this contract, uh, Jonas said, Hey, you know, this is a contract that's movable. And I say, Hey, well, that's a good point, but Hey, and I've also said that, you know, only three guys, in my opinion, uh, should be untouchable and not traded on this particular group. And that is uh, Sohan, Vassell, and, of course, Wimby. Um, to hear Keldon in potentially trade talks is not that surprising to me. 
uh, because it, you could go a, diff- a lot of ways with this. For one, I think it also feeds into a certain portion of fan base that feels like they're trusting in this system and this process, but we're in the midst of developing players and we're moving them on and trading them on. And Keldon would just be one of the next ones, which I think the love Keldon gets down here from the fan base and the media, I think it would be a it'd be a kick in the stomach to most. They would probably be a shock to most people with the type of love of fest and fanfare that Kevin, I mean, excuse me, that he has, Keldon Johnson has down here. Um so it's going to feed into that because that's the truth. I mean, you know, when does it stop? I mean, we can sit there and say he didn't fit with this team, yada, yada, whatever. They're going to get value and they're just accumulating picks. We can use all that we want to. But at the end of the day, it's still another guy they drafted and they're shipping off after paying him, by the way. Um, I'm going to look at it on the other side. I mean, there's that portion out there. But I would lean more to the fact that there's um, – it goes what I've been preaching that I've thought with just the, the eye test, not saying Keldon's been trashed, not saying that he can't be some nights the leader on this team, not night, some nights he looks like he's the best player on the team besides Wemby. But I think it's the inconsistency of where he's hit a wall, where he should be performing more consistent, a little bit better uh, than he should. I, I can't go with the excuse of it doesn't fit. Now, I know Jonas and I kind of agreed. The one thing that we did agree upon coming with the Spurs is the fact that this was going to be a year uh, figuring out who could play with Wimby and how do you go all that. But I think the wins and how you compete is a big part important to that. But Keldon, um, look, I I would just sit there and say I don't assume – I don't see anything happening with him regardless uh, before the trade deadline. And if it did happen, it would come right at the trade deadline. And at the same time, I've heard rumors of Spurs, some of their main key guys to be traded, and nothing really happens. The one that was the exception to the norm most recent ones was DeJounte Murray. Um, but we'll see. I, I think the main focus for me on this team is the fact of um, when is this better effort – Okay, because early on, let's just say, you know, let's say early November, they get down by 20 against the Lakers like they did the other night. That's a 40-point loss on the way to a 40-point loss. Um, They lost by three uh, because they got going in the second half. Early November, they were down 20 to the Suns and came back. Well, you know what I'm saying. I'm meaning just that there was a time there prior to the stop that a lot of these 20-point deficits have turned to 30, 40-point beatdowns. That's what I meant. Maybe I was off exactly on end November, but I should have just said earlier in the season at points. I'm trying to give them somewhat credit because, trust me, it is hard to find. Uh, positive things because I like I tweeted out Jonas I was going back and forth we could talk whatever man 18 is 18 18 to Rose 18 I don't care what the experiment is I don't care how young the team is 18 in a row so eventually these efforts and not wanting to give up the grit this has to eventually result in some W not a six game winning streak not an eight-game winning streak because until something totally changes, I don't see this team capable of, of, of probably going on that type of run on, by the way, this is being uh, – how this team is being handled right now. That You know, the what's being asked of certain players and what's going and what's not, it would be it – would, I would be shocked if this team at any time, the point of this season – uh, wins six to eight games in a row. Hopefully I'm wrong. I mean, there's a lot of basketball left to be played, but right now they're on the pace of winning 12 games. Um, so we'll see um, how this pans out. I mean, 
let's see, a six and a half. Let me see what they are on the money line. Now, I will tell you this. That money line is short. It's kind of fishy. I mean, Lakers only minus 270 on the money line. That's not really too abnormal in juice when you talk about NBA basketball games. The total is set at 234.5, and they're three-and-a-half-point underdogs in the first half and the first quarter. I will tell you right now, the Spurs, especially when you look at that quarter line of two, sometimes the Spurs is one of those teams, if you participate in that, you cap them in that first quarter half because the Spurs in general, and, and even if you were in the thing, you should be fading the hell out of them every time coming out of the third quarter. I mean, halftime because that's been a struggle. But we'll see what happens tonight, man. They're going to beat somebody again eventually. Okay, I mean, I know some Spur fans swear up and down. They don't know if they're ever going to see them win a game again. But they're going to beat somebody. I don't know if it's going to be tonight with the Lakers, but possibly could be. Pacers, uh, excuse me, uh, Detroit, I don't know. Not tonight in Philly. I'd be shocked if they're able to. Wait, wait, what, are their, what is theirs at, Jones? 22? I think Detroit. Uh, what is their losing streak? I think theirs is, uh, I think they're set at 21 or 22, somewhere in there. Uh, but we'll see. Also, some other games on the docket tonight on Friday. Um, They're at 21. 21? Okay. They'll be 22 tonight probably. Uh, New York Knicks are in the desert to take on the Suns uh, tonight. Uh, you've got the Rockets on the road at Memphis as well. Nuggets have the night off. Um, also, you have the Pacers. Um, they're going to be on, in Washington taking on them. New Orleans and Charlotte tango tonight as well. One interesting game a little bit. I mean, Orlando has been – they played pretty good ball this year. They're on the road against Boston. Uh, so that's pretty much your Friday cap of the basketball. So we'll see what happens uh, tonight in general. 877-37 grind. Also um, – Keeping it moving on the foundation picks. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and we'll get those out uh, either tomorrow uh, morning or either Sunday morning. I might end up sharing them twice. So if you're not following me on Twitter, make sure you do that at Sports Grind or you can go ahead and get them on my personal page, Facebook page. I usually share them in their stories. And that's kind of what we do. So you make sure we'll get those out tomorrow. Won't have those today. Definitely, we'll probably have those uh, maybe even early for you, at least some bowl games next Thursday when we get out of here. Because next Thursday will be our last show uh, for 2023. And then we'll be getting ready to come back strong um, in 24. Um, what else did I want? I know I wanted to touch. I did touch. Oh, uh, baseball note as well. I know I've had it in the docket the last couple of days, and we've talked about the Otani, then we talked about the Giants uh, signing. Uh, but Glass now, the pitcher for um, the Rays, the Dodgers did end up making a move and getting him. Uh, you know, I know the other day I said they were kicking the tires around. Um, I think it's a solid move, um, you know, in regards to their movement. I know Otani didn't meet the press yesterday. Uh, and he talked about um, the reason why he picked the Dodgers and just said, hey, his meeting, when they told him the last 10 years was a disappointment, Otani said he knew that's the place he wanted to be because winning meant everything to them. Uh, he, he wants to win championships. Uh, that's what he's competing for. I think a player of his caliber, um, you know, is going to be wired like that. The crazy thing is that, you know, I heard a story that, Freddie Freeman was around at the facilities for the press conference yesterday, and they had a couple guys in the training room. Because keep in mind, pitchers and catchers will be reporting before you know it. 
uh, sometime in February. Uh, but Dave Roberts was in there, and Freddie's the question's like, yeah, you know, he's going to introduce and talk, and Tawny's bringing in. And he asked Roberts, who's batting third? Who's batting third and who's batting fourth? And Robert just said, hey, I don't know, man. I haven't even thought about that. He goes, I'm still trying to pinch myself uh, that this is not a dream. So uh, it's an interesting question, though, is that Freddie Freeman, because the Dodgers, I've said it before, it's not their 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 offense that failed them in the last couple of years. It's really their arms, and that's why I give them credit for making that move for Glass. Now, I'm still waiting for the Yankees. I mean, I'm waiting for them to address their arm situation um, and what they're going to do. Uh, but I think back to the Dodgers um, and with Otani, man, ticket sales. I think they said prior to Otani, tickets were going for, like, say, for example, a $350 ticket to the Dodgers pre-Otani. Those same tickets now have kind of almost doubled. They're like around the 600 range, 625. So he's going to be must uh, TV, CTV, especially in a market like that with a team. I mean, I understand he played in L.A. with the Angels. Um, no disrespect to the Angels, but it's a little different you know, brand across the street in Dodgers, uh, what comes to the table with their TV, their billion dollar TV deal, the exposure they get. So they're all filling in Tani. And keep in mind, he's not even on the docket to pitch in 2024. He won't be put pitching into uh, 2025. Uh, but definitely, you know, that's a, that's a problem that you're going to want to have for that with that particular uh, player. So um, that's pretty much almost a wrap for today. Uh, we will uh, recap everything Monday when we get in here, especially off of this NFL weekend. Should be a crazy good one. But that is a wrap for today and this week. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Mr. Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. When that alarm goes off Monday morning for you at the snooze button and for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See y'all Monday. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, 
Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 